<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real tech advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Being in debt isn't a barrier to entrepreneurship. Just ask Mary Ruth Guillaume. The wellness entrepreneur owed $700,000, yes, $700,000 when she launched her business and her vitamin brand, Mary Ruth Organics. Despite carrying a significant amount of personal debt, she successfully built a nine-figure business without taking on a single investor. Super impressive. I'm thrilled to chat with Mary Ruth all about how she paid down her debt, turned a simple but bold concept into a multi-million dollar company and built a dedicated team in the process. So without further ado, let's get into it and welcome to the work party, Mary Ruth. Jacqueline, thank you so much for having me today. I think your podcast is so unique and so special, just giving it an opportunity for so many people to learn about business. Oh, thank you. That's, <laughs> that's so nice to hear. So for those who might not be familiar, can you tell us what Mary Ruth Organics is? So Mary Ruth Organics is a team of almost 100 people. We make gluten-free, vegan, USDA-certified organic, non-GMO, vitamins, gummies, liquids. And we also have like some, some other products as well. We have 120 products, and we basically sell them direct to consumer to millions of people. Amazing. And how did this company start? What was the aha moment that led you to this amazing business? So I think many people who are listening know that they are always interested in something, whatever their passion is. And so I never knew that I was going to have a product line at all. It was more that my clients in my private practice gave me an idea, which I think is really special that I wasn't trying to force a product. 
it was more that organically it came. So just really fast, I had a private practice in New York City on 47th and 3rd, for those of you who uh, are from the East Coast. And I would teach us concept liquids to lunch all the time to people. That was kind of like, this was actually way before Instagram was popular or intermittent fasting was popular. So liquids to lunch was kind of like a new idea. And people really enjoyed it. But everyone would say, oh my goodness, but when I'm doing liquids to lunch, I'm so nauseous from the capsule vitamins. And so I had this idea, okay, instead of capsules, let me find a sugar-free liquid vitamin. And I couldn't find one. So we made one um, against all odds. So for anyone who knows about product dev, you can't just come with a couple hundred dollars to do a custom blend of a product. So for six months, I called different manufacturers and I found one, even though I was in New York City, I found one in California. And I said to her, please, please, I can't really afford to make a bunch of bottles, usually need like 20,000 bottles. But if you make me 90 bottles, I promise someday I will, I will be your biggest account. And so we made the 90 bottles. We shipped them to my 700 square foot apartment in New York City. We sold them in my office. And then we had shipped just like a few, just a few to Amazon. And my private practice clients reviewed it on Amazon. This was before you would even ask someone to review something on Amazon. Like it's not, this was way before it's time. And it went to the first page. I mean, there's so much to talk about today, but the, the gist is that the liquid morning multivitamin, which is broad spectrum, has a little bit of everything that someone would need. What's special is that even though today we have 120 products, the first product I ever made is still our number one best-selling product of all time. So the seed level really came from my community and my clients. It's really special. Amazing. So as I mentioned in the intro, you went from owing $700,000, and I want to talk a little bit about that, to building a company with $100 million in revenue. So how did you go about paying down this debt? Was this debt specific to getting the product off the ground? Where did this investment go? No, I love this question, Jacqueline, so much because even my best friend always says like, I don't think people understand where that $700,000 debt came from. Everyone always thinks it's attached to the business. And unfortunately, it's not at all. And it was super painful and probably one of the, the things that made me grow the most. I'm 37 years old, so it was definitely a defining moment of how I view financial stability. So the very short version is that I grew up very spoiled. My dad and my seven child brother passed away suddenly. And then it was just my mom and I, and still like, again, very spoiled. And then the housing market crashed. And so at the time my mom had taken over my dad's company, which was just a lumber company in New Jersey, but you build houses with lumber. So when the housing market crashed, she had to close that business. It was six locations and over 300 employees and she shut it down. And what happens is like, some people can relate to this. Maybe some people cannot relate to this, but when you're used to this, like lifestyle, you don't really know how to manage money at all. Mm. And so we had all of a sudden no money and she had to sell her house. And then you kind of still living off of credit card debt. So we just really using that Amex, um, like it's, embarrassing, but just using that thinking like, oh, it's going to work out or we're going to get like another job or we're, we're going to figure it out. We don't have to worry about it now. And basically you wake up and it was $700,000. 
and it was money we owed our friends, our family, and credit card debt. And so we did because of Mary Ruth Organics, we were able to pay back every single person, all of our friends and families, we gave 8% interest. So in the sense, like it took me seven years to get out of debt, but extremely humbling, very shaping experience for me. And I got out of debt from my business, Mary Ruth Organics. Amazing. Yeah, that's congrats on the success. And I think that's something that probably a lot of people can can relate to. What would you say is the number one piece of advice you would give someone who may be currently in personal debt and wants to start a business? Okay, so one is that I do believe the because it did take me seven years to get out of debt, no matter how much debt you have, you can get out of debt. Like it is possible. You just also have to shift the pressure of, oh, well, why should I even bother? Why should I even try? It's important to just know that you you can get through it, but you have to strategically on a micro level deal with the debt every single day head on. And then the second thing is that I really had a lot of confidence in sharing the, the products with the world. So I did it in a very slow, systematic way where I was, I was making sure the company was profitable from the beginning. Otherwise I wasn't going to engage in it so that I could actually start to pay back the people. So that's also important. Like if people feel like they can't start a business because they're in debt, I think if you are very systematic about it, you absolutely can, but you should never spend beyond your means to grow the business. Hey there, we're taking a quick pause to shout out one of our amazing partners here at Work Party. With so many amazing people looking for new jobs these days, it can be hard to find and hire the right candidates for your small biz. That's why LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. My team is rapidly expanding, but scaling a business takes time. It's definitely tough to carve out time to search for the right candidate, especially on top of weekly meetings and everyday work. But with LinkedIn Jobs, I've been able to save time and focus my hiring efforts on applicants with the right skills and experience needed to help reach my goals. I've been able to get roles in front of the most qualified candidates with targeted screening questions and simple tools like quick filters have helped me prioritize the right applicants for interviews. Running a small business can be tough. I won't lie. As a founder, your role quickly turns into the director of finance, HR, recruiting, and so much more. You end up wearing a bazillion hats and taking on so many responsibilities you never thought possible. So tools like LinkedIn Jobs make the admin stuff easy. So you can stay focused on that larger goal at hand, like building a strong team that will then lead your business to success. I was lucky enough to find my dream team and I have LinkedIn Jobs to thank for that. Yours is out there. Trust me. You just have to know where to look. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash party. That's linkedin.com slash party to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now let's get back to the episode. How did you initially fund the company and learn the financial ropes of running this now massive organization? Basically a couple things. One, I, I think a lot of it comes down to when someone builds a business, they think, okay, well, I'm just going to do anything at all costs to make it work no matter what. And, and I will catch up with it later on. But I think first, before I get to actually like building the business, it's so important to have self-awareness about what makes you happy. So I think that I enjoyed health and wellness and I enjoy sharing that with people. So first I said, okay, 
I need to make sure whatever I am going to have to be doing 13 or 14 hours a day, I enjoy doing. So because it was based off of first before products, just signing people up for 12 sessions, each, each session, well, the whole package was $2,860. I knew that I needed to make about $40,000 a month to pay for my office rent, my apartment, my mom's apartment, and the debt management program. So first I was like, I have to sign up X amount of clients to pay for these bills. And then also when I was doing the product, everyone said, no, you need $20,000. No. And I, I just thought there has to be somebody. I don't know who they are, but there has to be. So sometimes people think like, oh, well, if I want to make a product, I should be able to find who's going to make it within one month. But it took me six months just to find this woman who said, okay, I will make one batch of dining bottles and I could afford 90 bottles, right? So I paid for those 90 bottles and then I waited till I sold them. And we've been around for eight years. I think we've only had a marketing budget for three years. And also, so this is really important. A couple things like financially, truly, this is the truth. I did two things that really allowed, I think, the business to be profitable from day one, which is a mistake sometimes I see people unfortunately make when they're first trying to get their business off the ground. I actually read on your Instagram, it was amazing. I read it last night on one of your posts. You said like most companies are not profitable for the first 18 to 24 months, which was cool because I didn't, did not know that until I read that. And so the two mistakes that I think people make or even three or four mistakes are I still to this day don't have any professional photos of me. I probably should get some but I was never in the beginning trying to, you know, make my website look great or, or busy wasting even one hour, making it look like something it wasn't quite yet. And I think that that's important, right? Because even to take professional photos might cost $200. So I never did anything before I knew that whatever I was doing would give an ROI, would give a return. So we have had eight years of employees, but the first four years, we never had any employees, no founding team, just me and my mom. And trust me, we desperately needed an employee. Like you have to answer Amazon within 24 hours or they penalize you. So one of the things we did to be profitable in the beginning was like for four years, we doubled down. We're like, no matter what, under all costs, no one, we're not hiring any employees, nobody. And so what happens is if you hire an employee early on or too prematurely, you're not profitable anymore. So instead of spending like 50,000 to hire an assistant or something, we took the 50,000 to launch the liquid probiotic, right? That money was used not to hire more help so we could take it easy, but to, to make another product that continued to make the model. And I didn't just have to have the business be profitable. I also had to dig myself out of a personal debt. So it's really like holding this, like really, and, and no marketing, zero marketing, no marketing. I can't say it enough, please everyone. I also have a lot of friends who've had different startups. And I think the marketing spend where they think, well, if I can just get my message out, well, then we'll get an ROI. The only things we did was number one, we made sure we had a really delicious product, but also we had the best customer care. So uh, we had a refund policy. Like if you don't like the product, you can keep it and we'll still give you a refund. And that was our marketing. Our marketing is like, 
the friend being like, look, there's this company, just try the gummies. If you don't like it, you can keep the bottle and they're going to give you a refund. And that's how we grew. I think really for the first five, five and a half years, like no marketing. I, I think everyone knows what to do, but they feel external pressure to grow something faster, faster than the long game. And one final quote before your next question is, I'm sure you've heard this quote, but it's everyone overestimates what they can do in one year and underestimates what they can do in 10 years. So, so 10 years ago, right now I have four children, a team of a hundred, I'm married, but 10 years ago, I was still in this massive debt, right? I didn't, I didn't make the website or the photos or the employee or the marketing spend like that is just in my opinion. And I'm sharing it with a lot of love and respect, but also because I want people to hear it. Like if you just go slow and you, and you look for the ROI at all times, you will not, you will not falter. You'll, you'll make almost no mistakes. I think that's absolutely right. I mean, that's such a self-funded mentality too. I think so many people who have like gone out and raised money, you know, they have money in their pockets. So it's like a little bit of a abundance mentality versus a scarcity mentality. And I definitely having grown CNC as a self-funded business came from the scarcity mentality, like no photos, no whatever, until we're finally <laughs> at a place where we can do it. So you built a hundred million dollar company before taking on investors. So now two questions, would you recommend bootstrapping before raising money? Cause you obviously did this for yeah. a long time. And then tell us about the recent investment that you did take on. Okay. Amazing. Absolutely. hundred percent bootstrap as long as you can go forever and ever and ever and ever. And I love, I love what you just said about how sometimes like if you do take on series A, series B, series C funding, there's an abundance. Uh, there's an abundance mentality, which is also, I think, a total illusion. And so I'm not sure if you've heard of like a negative cash flow conversion cycle, but this is what we use at my company, which is just what also Walmart used to grow and scale. And, and I'm also sharing it not because, oh, look, oh, look at what we did. I'm sharing it more like it is possible. People will say to you, oh, well, don't you think you should look for some, or people will just come to you wanting to, wanting to you to take an investment. But I think we could have gone another two years without even trying to take an investment. We didn't take an investment, a minority investment at all, because the business needed money. Like we have a complete negative cash flow conversion cycle that we've used for eight years. That is going so strong. I would say for people who might not know what that is, can you talk a little bit about what that means? Sure. Of course. It's just, the, it's just the way that the the way that money comes into the business and leaves the business in a way where you will never have to, I'm using just my example. Maybe it's an example for somebody else, but the way I look at it is like, if we have to buy a bunch of vitamins, a bunch of inventory, and we don't have the working capital or the cash flow to buy the vitamins, you don't want the vitamins to go out of stock. You always need working capital. You always need cash. Cash is king to keep the business going, to pay your team, to do all of these things. So we look for little ways to keep the cash flow strong. Like we ask our credit card companies, like, no, we don't want a 30 day cycle. No, we don't want a 60 day cycle. Please. We want a 90 day cycle. And, and the way in which you pay the POs, the product orders, and you pay your payroll and you use the credit cards just creates cash so that you can always buy inventory, you can always grow without having to say to an investor, please, we're desperate please, please, we need, we need more product. Please let's do this deal really fast and we'll have more cash and we can grow. So we did not, absolutely did not take this minority investment for cash at all. 
we took it only for one reason, which is we really want to take our company public in three years, three and a half years. And we just want help with infrastructure, just building the best team that we can build and just all of our reporting systems, our monthly reporting board meetings. We wanted to start to practice and show that we can hit all of our revenue, profit and EBITDA targets every single month for at least two years in a row. So we did it to legitimize our business. We, when you go through a due diligence process, we went through it for 10 months. It really legitimizes and says to the world, Hey, who you say you are internally is who you are externally. And so it was a big moment for us. And I did this deal with no banker direct deal. I negotiated my own term sheet. Yeah. Basically I just didn't have a banker some people might not know what that means, but it, it just basically means that you really know exactly um, what is on the term sheet and what kind of terms you're getting into in the deal. Hey, Work Party listeners, we're taking a quick break to share a brand we love that also supports this podcast. I'm looking at the customers I've been able to reach using Shopify, and I am in awe. If you don't know what Shopify is or have never considered it for your small business, then let me tell you why this is the must-have platform. Shopify is the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. They provide entrepreneurs with the resources to sell products to anyone, anywhere, at any time. And that means in-person with point of sale or online through your website, social media, and online marketplaces. And it's so easy and user-friendly. I love tools and platforms that take the guesswork out of business operations. Like marketing, for example. Shopify even has the capability to help you create, execute, and analyze digital marketing campaigns with built-in tools. Shopify has been able to help my team synchronize online and in-person sales, integrate apps like Pinterest and Instagram, and seamlessly manage the day-to-day operations of e-commerce. Shopify is easy and affordable, so you can really focus on your product and services without having to break the bank. I've had experiences with tons of business platforms, but believe me when I say Shopify is one of my favorites out there. I trust Shopify with my business because as we grow, they grow with us. Shopify unlocks the opportunities for your business to reach more and more people every single day. Every 28 seconds, an entrepreneur like you makes their first sale on Shopify. How amazing is that? So go to shopify.com slash party, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash party right now. That's shopify.com slash party. And did you seek out the partners or did they come to you? Because we always, thank God, have amazing cash flow. We were never, ever looking for partners. It was not on my mind at all. And we had everybody come, everybody, Goldman, Blackstone, everybody. And we went with Butterfly and there's a couple of reasons why we went with them. And so they are one mile from my house. Oh, They're, nice. <laughs> I'm very big on my team and people, is, people are really important to me. So I go to their office all the time. We just had our first board meeting on Thursday They are a very small portfolio. They only have like six or seven founders in their portfolio. They are a new fund. We are their only female investment. So that was exciting for our team to kind of be there. They were really excited. Like they wanted to have at least one company that had a female founder, female CEO, and everybody in their portfolio is B Corp. Next year, we're going to be B Corp and we're going to be certified woman owned. 
they're the nicest, nicest group of guys. They're into food justice, seed to fork. They're just in a, a lot of alignment with us. They're just really amazing people. I love that. So you, you talked about team a little bit. So you're very involved with your team. You have a hundred team members, as you mentioned, and you meet with one team member for 10 minutes every day. Why is this so important to you in the business? So one, I, this is so amazing because a lot of times when you grow a business like ours, you can sell, you can sell, you can sell to a strategic, you can do so many different things, but I actually just enjoy I enjoy my life. I know that sounds like so cliche, but like if I didn't have a good relationship with my team, I would feel kind of like, what am I doing? One of the reasons I think we are a very strong team is because we always put ever people first. So we just have a couple things I'll share of how we do that. One of them is one of the ones you mentioned, but we have a really high employee retention rate. So we, we have almost 100% employee retention rate. And the couple of people that did leave, they all left for really normal reasons. Like two people were friends who were on part-time on customer care. And sometimes customer care people don't stay a long time. They go on to their next venture, their next project. And I'm always encouraging my team. Like I say to them in all of our meetings, like, I will write you a referral letter for anything, any place you want to go, anything you ever want to do. I've, I've written many referral letters for people to even get apartments. And then we have this survey. It's an anonymous climate company culture survey. So it's 54 questions. Every question is ranked on one to five. Five is the highest. One is the lowest. And it's everything from diversity, equity, and inclusion to compensation and benefits to do you like your supervisor? Do you think that there's room to grow here? In an anonymous survey, I asked HR to divide everyone who's been here for over one year and everyone who's been here for under one year. Cause I knew the people who've been with me the longest, we will score higher. There's just no way. I was just so confident and, and new people have onboarded. They just kind of got here, haven't gone through like a full year cycle in every single category. 54 questions. I didn't write the questions. Our, our team at Human Resources wrote them. I don't have access to the survey, but everyone else has access to the survey. We scored above a four in every single category for everyone who's been with us over one year. And everyone who's been with us under one year, we scored above a four in every single category, except for compensation and benefits. We scored a 3.88. And I think that the day we gave that survey, I remember thinking like, I'm going to get to find out if I am a delusional founder, delusional founder who thinks she has like such a great, happy team. And you know, like maybe next year we won't score as high, but the point is that we scored really high. And so I can always use that as like learning for me, like, okay, like, wow, like we scored low this year. Like we should fix that immediately. And Two other things we do. We have a company culture meeting once a month. So if there's a hundred of us, it's like 10 new people every month. So everybody gets to be part of the building the culture. Then last week we started the cycle of, I meet with someone 10 minutes on zoom till we go through the whole cycle. She, she's so amazing, but she has a lot of children. She doesn't have a lot of time. And she, I basically, all I say in that meeting, the one-on-one -on -one meeting for 10 minutes is I just say like, tell me, share with me anything you want to say about your personal life or your professional life. So she was telling me how she just got those like bowls, you know, the bowls that you hit the music, you know, the sound bowls. Why is that? A, I think an amazing investment in the team, because when you build a business, you go through so many tough things and 
if you have a really strong team that cares about each other, honestly, you can get through almost anything. And so it writes some people, it's not logical. Like, why are you asking them about, tell me anything about you? Because sometimes like if I hear people talk and I can gauge like if they're happy, if they're unhappy, how they're doing in their life, sometimes I can see like, okay, actually this person should be moved from marketplace, Amazon department, all the way to customer care experience. Or we had someone leave customer care experience because to, to, to go to accounting. I feel like that's, that's really the magic. And a lot of that energy are half our team is product dev and half our team is customer care. And so a lot of that, the customers feel from interacting with the customer care team. And then this year we're in the last week of December, we're giving equity to every single every single employee, international and domestic, which is sometimes also really rare. Usually it's just like the couple top tier, but it's every person. There's a lot of other stuff we do like karaoke and bingo and scavenger hunts. And, and I always bring snacks to every meeting, but this is my life. It's, I have four children, but after my husband and my children, I'm always thinking about my team. And I know some of them will listen to this podcast and I, I really care about them. No, oh, I love that. What's the most important lesson you would say you've learned as a founder and CEO or a skill that you've developed? Empathy, hard work and perseverance. I think a, a lot of those qualities are just things that seem to happen every day within a 24 hour period. One Skin's topical supplement is a light and hydrating daily moisturizer powered by their proprietary peptide, OS1, which just so happens to be the first peptide scientifically proven to reduce the biological age of skin. Sound amazing already? Now I trust One Skin because they harness the science of aging to develop products, but I also trust them because the company is led by a team of five women with PhDs who have been specifically studying aging skin for over five years now. These women are dedicated to their craft. They've actually developed a proven method that allows them to measure and track the effects of the One Skin OS1 product on our skin's biological age. Not only that, but they also focus on solving the problem at the root, healing the skin from the inside out, whereas most brands target the outside, only treating surface level issues. One Skin is unique because they are one of very few brands on the market that have the science-backed technology to measure the age reversal effect. A lot of brands claim they are anti-aging, but only a few companies can really measure the real results. The OS1 formula works as a preventative and reparative age reversal treatment, and it's designed to be gentle and suit all skin types. That includes sensitive and problematic skin. It's a super light formula and not greasy at all, so I use it twice a day, morning and night, and it can be even used as a primer before you put on makeup. Love that. It's already improved fine lines that I've been noticing, but overall my skin is more hydrated, smoother, stronger, and honestly, so healthy. I truly love One Skin because they are focusing on the root cause of aging rather than focusing on a remedy to combat it. Visit oneskin.co slash party and use code party for 15% off your first purchase. The code applies to one-time purchases and the first order of a subscription purchase as well. That's O-N-E-S-K-I-N.co slash party and use code party for 15% off your first purchase. Now let's get back to the episode. So looking back, obviously it's been a journey. What advice would you give yourself when you just started the company? What advice would you give yourself? Oh my goodness. I think I, I think I needed to know eight years ago, don't push yourself too hard because this is a long, long process. Because I had four children in four years, 
in the, and it was the last four years. Like I basically I was doing the investment deal and the twins were only like two months old and I was breastfeeding and I, all four of my children, I was breast pumping at work. And I think I didn't see like, like four years ago when I started having the children, I think I needed to see like, this is like, there's no rush. Like we need to go slow. That's a lot. <laughs> so in terms of the fundraising or in terms of the deal, you negotiate that all on your own. What advice would you give to a woman or an entrepreneur that's out there looking to potentially raise money? Okay. This is one of, one of the most important questions. I know that we've covered a lot, but like, this is really important. I hope that people who need to hear this can hear this. So I'm sure, you know, because you seem to know even more facts about work, women in the workforce than me. <laughs> so I'm sure everyone's heard Sarah Blakely say, but it's, it's also on Instagram a lot that every single year, only 3% of outside funding go to women and only 0.64 go to minority women. So that's insane. Like it's insane that 97% of all investments, I mean, that's, that's insane. So because I went through this process and I remember on the first day, like the first day that we signed the term sheet and I was talking to my lawyer, Ryan, and he's done like suja and vitamin water. And he's really been in CPG for so long. I was like all naive and excited. I was like, Ryan, we've got the best team ever. Like we're going to get you these documents so fast. Like we, you're going to be so impressed because they have like a vault and you share all the documents there. And, and Ryan's like, this is the lawyer. Ryan's like, Mary Ruth. He's like, this is going to be a little bit of a slog. And I never heard anyone say like, this is going to be a little bit of a slog. And that was kind of what I was saying, like right before when I was saying like, I didn't even know how difficult this was going to be like at all. And I also understand a hundred percent why a lot of female founders begin this process. And then either the stream of diligence that they're running, the investors just say like, no, or the woman just says like, I can't do this. I am in a lot of Amazon seller groups and I know men who start this process and they quit in the middle. Like they literally say, I can't do it anymore because it is such a slog. So what I wanted to say was that if you are someone who wants to get funding to grow your business and you've bootstrapped it, let's say you've bootstrapped it and A, you want to do what we did, which is like, let's legitimize the business. Um, right. I can't give equity to my employees if we haven't like legitimized what the equity is worth. Just really like we did it to legitimize, or you are looking for funding because you do want working capital cash flow to grow the business. I'm here to say, please, 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 you can do this. You should not give up. Do not give up. Do not give up in the middle. And do not, if an investment team tries to walk away from you, this didn't happen to us, but I'm saying, if let's say I've read about it, I've read about it on the internet, like other women are trying to make it through due diligence and they, st it stops, they stop in the middle. Don't allow the process to stop in the middle. It's kind of like you have all the tools. It's going to take way longer, right? What are you saying? Like everyone overestimates what they can do in one year and underestimates what they can do in 10. It could take you like it took us 10 months. You can't stop. You, you have, you must get the deal. You cannot give up. Like you, 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 there's no, there's no, like, we're just going to go back over here and forget, <laughs> and, and forget about raising our, our funding. There's only one way. And then and that's forward.
Totally. Yeah, it is. It's a slog. Diligence is a nightmare. It is so true. And I think that's really important. Also, just getting through that process, even if the deal does fall apart for whatever reason, will teach you more about the next deal, you know, more than you ever know. So I think that's also important. So (laughs) my next question is, what does the future of Mary Ruth Organics look like? But it sounds like it looks like you're taking this company public, which is huge because there's I mean, you can count on like 10 hands, one hand, how many women who have taken companies public, which is, which is very upsetting, just as the same as the stat of raising money. But so tell us about the future of Mary Ruth Organics. One of the things that's important to us is besides going public, I get a lot of direct messages every day from people in different countries, even like pregnant women in different countries that just wish that we could ship their vitamins directly to them. That's very complicated with the FDA and the labels and the way that you do that. So as a team, it's not just my vision, but like as a team, we just feel like every single person needs vitamins. Like they need D3, they need magnesium. Like these are things that give you energy and help you avoid health challenges. And so it's kind of our, just our whole team. We just want to help make vitamins free and accessible to everyone. We have almost like 3000 families on financial assistance, financial aid. We, we do like a lot of charitable work and donations we are a very much mission-driven ethos company that we want to have a global impact. After having four children and going through four pregnancies and giving vitamins to my children, if I couldn't afford that, it would affect my family's life. So we're just excited to go the distance as a team and, and we hope to make an impact. Hey, Work Party listeners, we're taking a quick moment to shout out one of our amazing sponsors, Native. Native is one of my favorite all-natural personal care brands. If you're anything like me, then you probably get excited when all the holiday-scented goodies hit the store shelves. I mean, I already have candles in every room around the house smelling of pine, brown sugar chestnut, and peppermint. So I thought, why limit my winter scents to candles when I can add them to my personal care routine as well? So fun. Thanks to Native's new seasonal scents, my favorite smells are now with me wherever I go. And yes, I am talking about their deodorant. But first, I want to start by saying Native is an all-natural deodorant that actually works. I've done my fair share of trying out natural deodorants in the past, and sometimes as much as you want to remove the toxic ingredients from your routine, it can be frustrating when the efficacy of the product isn't great. But with Native, I am hooked. Their products are formulated with ingredients you actually have heard of, like coconut oil and shea butter. They never use aluminum, parabens, or sulfates, but they truly keep me smelling fresh all day long. Between their classic and new seasonal scents, there's something out there for everyone. My favorite scent this season is mistletoe. The invigorating scent of cedar and sandalwood makes me feel cool and refreshed. The seasonal scents rotate though, so I'm thinking of picking up sugar cookie to try before they're gone. The buttery vanilla scent really sums up the holiday season and honestly smells like a warm hug, if that's even possible. The limited edition holiday scents are available as other native products too. You can get the body wash and candy cane and sugar cookie, toothpaste and candy cane, and plastic repackaging in all three scents, and that includes mistletoe, my fave. Like I've said before, my standards are high for beauty products, but Native checks all the boxes. All products are vegan, never tested on animals, and one deodorant is 100% plastic-free. Keep the sense of the season with you with Native's limited-time holiday-scented deodorants. Go to nativedeo.com slash party or use promo code party at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash party or use promo code party at checkout 
for 20% off your first order. We're going to wrap with some sentence finishers. Are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. Okay. The first lesson I learned the hard way as a business owner was... Being a people pleaser is is really going to hurt you in the end. My number one piece of financial advice for entrepreneurs is... That you do not need anyone to come and kind of save you. That you can, you yourself alone can figure out a way to financial freedom and financial stability. I love that. The interview question I always ask prospective new hires is... Well, I I don't do a lot of the interviewing, but it's always culture first. I feel like it's it's not skill set. It's always like, would this person's personality fit in with the rest of our amazing team? It's an energetic thing. Yeah, no, totally. Success to me is... A high quality of life and everybody knows what makes them happy. Meaning like, if you feel like I have a good quality of life given off of my own standards... Amazing. You are so inspiring. Thank you so much for your time, Mary Ruth. I feel like anyone who was listening, you better have been taking notes because there was a lot of gems in there. Can you tell everyone where they can learn more about you and Mary Ruth Organics online? Yes. Also, is it okay if I share one little story before we go? Oh yeah, go ahead. Is that bad etiquette? No, 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 go. I want to, I mean, I want to hear it. (laughs) So, okay. So I I just want to share one quick story because also this podcast is probably the most important podcast that I've done. I've done a bunch of lifestyle podcasts. I've done a bunch of podcasts where the host was a man, where the host was a woman, but this was the only podcast that asked like some of the most amazing questions. Like I, a couple of years ago, I would have needed to hear a lot of the questions that you asked. So I just wanted to share one other thing as as quickly as possible. So I had a lot of things happen that I couldn't control in my life. And then I had one thing that if you said, okay, in 37 years, this is like, what is the most important decision that you made that you can control versus something happening to you you can't control. When I chose to marry my husband, it was the best thing that I could have possibly done. And I really needed to say this because I think there's a lot of pressure sometimes for women to like marry someone who's financially stable. And this goes to us being the cause and not the effect and knowing that we can get out of debt on our own if we need to. And so I, my husband is amazing. His name is David. We're born on the same day, same year, 1984. So February 11th, 1984. If you believe in astrology, we're the same person. We look nothing alike. He's born three hours before me. And we have, since the day we met, been madly in love with each other. We love each other even after eight years. Um, and he works for my company and it's, it's really, I love him so much. He's the chief growth officer. What's important to know is 2013, we've been dating only for like two years. I have the $700,000 in debt rocking. Okay. And David has $5,000 to his name and works for non for profit and doesn't make any money, no money, zero money. Okay. Parallel track. We're all living in New York City. We're all on the same group of friends. All my friends kind of like, they're, they're all well off. No one knows I'm in debt, whatever. And there was this one guy who's our friend. Everyone knows that he loves me, blah, 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 blah. And he had well over, he had $20 million, let's say. Okay. He's a, he's a, he's a finance guy. In one second, my $700,000 in debt could be gone. I remember when. I got engaged to David a couple of days after he came to me and he, he, I still remember the way he was standing and he's like, are you sure you want to work for the rest of your life? And I just remember thinking like, what the heck? Like what's even going on? 
And why that's important is because this guy was a great guy. Like, there's no reason you couldn't also just go over here and marry him. Honestly, as cliche as it sounds, I think it's, I think I need to be honest. And I just remember on my wedding day, you know, we had no cake. My friend made my dress. My husband borrowed a suit. I had this like $200 ring that was giving me a really bad rash. (laughs) And my mom, rightfully so, and I love her, especially after my dad and my brother passing away. Like my mom and I are so close, we're everything. And she, she was the CFO of my company for the last eight years. And we only hired a new CFO like last week. I remember she asked me like, are you sure? Are you sure that you're, you're doing the right thing? And she said, why do you want to marry David? And I said, because I wouldn't trade him for anyone else in the world. Like, I felt like I can't trade this person for any other guy. And why is this important? Because the only reason I'm on the podcast, the only reason I'm talking with you, the only reason I have these amazing friendships and relationships with my investors and my customers and my team of a hundred is because I didn't know how I was going to get out of the debt, but I... Was, I believed in myself enough to be like, no one's going to take this away. I, will, I don't know how long it's going to take, but that's like a real thing to stomach. Like I will get out of this. And the, only because I married David because I love him and I didn't try to take a shortcut or let somebody else come and save me. That is why we have this, I think, a special company today. And also the happiness, like on the other end, like the happiness that my husband and I have together growing this business is like completely priceless. And so I, I probably should have said that like much earlier on in the podcast, but I don't know. We you were asking a lot of other important tactical questions. So I just think this podcast is really important. I think people need to hear these questions until I started the due diligence process. I didn't even really think of any of these things. So I, I'm really happy you have this podcast. Thank you so much. And I'm also married to a David. So (laughs) I love that. He's also a very nice guy. I think your story is so inspiring. I think you, the answers to the questions and the reason we have this podcast is because there is inside information to help women grow their businesses. People have the information. It's hard to get access to it. And I think that's why I started Create and Cultivate. And so the fact that you came on this podcast gave us such amazing detailed information of like how you built this company, the fact that you were in that amount of debt, the fact that you took the chance on yourself, that it took you that long to pay it off. Like there are women that are going to be listening to this podcast that will leave so inspired, but also have the tools to go and change their life. So I think that's so important. I really appreciate your honesty and and your story and for being here today. Thank you. And and to answer your question, they can find us at maryruthorganics.com. They can find us on Amazon or just Mary Ruth Organics on Instagram. And I'm going to also right now do a little stories on Instagram for you. So oh, thanks. amazing. Yeah, we're so excited. And we'll be cheering you on when you go public. So, so excited. Thank you so much, Mary Ruth. Take care, Jacqueline. Bye. Bye. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party.